welcome to Caffeinated Living. We are a podcast all about Jesus, ministry, and the things that keep us going. And yes, I am not Kyle. I am Rob. And I'm Dustin. And so we unfortunately do not have Kyle with us this week. He is just, uh, he is completely swamped. So that is one of the perks, I guess we could say, of being in ministry. Yeah, I would say, I would agree with that. I don't know if he would say it's one of the perks, but that is, unfortunately, yes, that is one of the things that comes with doing ministry is that it does take away time from things that you like to do sometimes. But sometimes it's, it's well worth it. So, Kyle, when you listen to this, we miss you. We do miss you dearly. And we're, and we're going to incorporate your comments as we go through, because you didn't give us any, but we're going to say, Kyle believes this about this today's topic. So, no, uh, today's topic, we are going to continue with our series on the 12 topics youth ministries avoid. Uh, if you've been with us, you know the last few weeks we have recently discussed uh, how to read the Bible sexual identity, and the Holy Spirit. We missed last week, just had a lot of stuff going on, and so this week we are, Dustin and I are going to attempt to take two topics and combine it into one episode. Don't know how we're going to do this, but we're, we're going to do it. We can make this work. We can make it work. We got it. So today's, is, today's issues, or it is today's issues, but today's topic, we're going to talk about tolerance and racial issues. But before we get started, so Dustin. How are you doing? Can't complain. So far, it's good. I'm kind of hoping the rain holds off. I feel like we're going to have to have an ark and some waders, and we're going to be up to our knees in mud, but the Lord knows what we need. But He does. He does. And I tell you, after what happened in Texas, I, just, I honestly, I'm trying not to complain. I exactly right. <laughs> Who would have ever imagined that it would be a negative one degree in Texas? Man. That's cold, especially for Texas. For, especially that dude. That's cold anywhere, not well, just I Texas. That's that's cold for Antarctica. Well, that's, <laughs> that's true. That is very true. If you're if you're in Texas and you happen to listen to our podcast, you you have our deepest sympathies, and we have been praying for you guys. Yes, I I could not even have. imagine that cold front coming through like that, especially for me because I I'm a grouchy old man anyway. I'd be extremely grouchy because I. I just do not like snow. I, I can't handle it. Never have. Even though Dustin's bracket challenge, we, we did winter activities. And I, I, know, like, I, made, I made Rob so happy with that. I felt like I had to have my scarf on in here. <laughs> yeah, so, Rob, me and Rob are still on a bad terms about the snow, but it's okay. I'll forgive him this time. That's okay. I mean, I just prefer spring and summer weather compared to, but it's okay. See, I'm, I take the approach that God made all seasons, he did. so I like all seasons. He did. He did. I, I can't argue with that, and especially that our sins are covered white as snow. There you I, go. I, that's See, look. Look at you. I should look at you pulled out the those snow. references. So, anyway, oh. um, you have some exciting news somewhat in the sense that within our area where we live, we, we understand if you're listening to this podcast, that you probably live in an area that you have not still been able to reopen your churches. Yes. Our, our church, fortunately, we, we've been blessed with that. Uh, we started everything back in January for Sunday morning, Sunday night. So we, we've been good on that front, but you guys have recently reopened. Yes. We so act, how's that going? It's, well, this, is our, this will be our third. Yes, this will be our third week. Um open we kind of opened back up the first sunday of february with just two person two services um and they went really well and then on valentine's weekend we opened our staggered sunday school so we've been able to get some people back and we've been averaging a pretty good number for both of those so it's uh, been exciting youth and children those things have been started back and um, after being closed for a month and having to do stuff virtually it's nice to be back with your students and able to connect face to face, not just over a computer screen. So, and especially yeah. because so many of them have checked out over a screen, it's yep. like now you actually, oh, that's what you look like. I forgot what you look like. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, mo- most of your students. I mean, I'm sure same for you. Is most of mine are doing virtual school, so they're always on the computer, always yeah. on the screen. So when it comes to Wednesday nights, 
they'd rather just be there and not have to see me over a screen. And so, um, it's it's good to be back. Which I think there's something to that that you always hear people say, "Well, the church isn't a building. You don't you don't have to go to a building to have church." Hundred percent agree with that. Yes, but I also believe that God made us social yeah. beings. Yeah, He made us for community. Yeah, made us yeah. for community. So we we crave that. So when you don't have that, it just kind of feels. Yep. I don't know. Do you, do you think? That, and this isn't on topic, uh, but just random random thought for a moment. I get during this pandemic, we've had an increase of anxiety, stress, depression. Mm-hmm. But from a Christian perspective, for a moment, those within the church. Do you think that's kind of where some of that's come from? In the sense that, especially like our students, their anxiety has heightened because they're, they're out of school. Mm-hmm. They're doing school on a screen. Yep. They're not being engaged with one another. I don't know. It's just, just thought. I, 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 would say that, I would say that probably plays a pretty significant role in that because, you know, as we said, we're, we're, we're created for community and we're created to fellowship and be with other believers. And when you don't have that, you're going through something, you don't have that opportunity to share that with someone else. Someone can walk that walk that with you through life. I do. I think that would play a huge role into, you know, our the levels of anxiety, the depression, and all the stuff we're seeing currently in yeah. our culture. Yeah. And who's to say what it's going to look like afterwards? Yeah. I don't. When we're, when we're through this. Yeah. I've read a lot of articles that saying I don't they don't a lot of people say we don't think as a church we have seen the full impact of COVID nineteen just yet on on the church and on its members and on its on the community that surrounds the church and I would say I'd have to agree with that because I don't think we yeah. we've seen that yet yeah so. seeing what that physical aspect looks like but then also the spiritual mm-hmm. oh, aspect yeah. that's going to which kind of in a roundabout way, leads into this topic. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Talking about one of the 12 areas or 12 topics that youth ministries avoid, the idea of tolerance. Hmm. That's an interesting topic, but get your thoughts on this for a minute. Okay. We want to talk about how many youth pastors or youth leaders are either ill-equipped or unwilling to disciple their students with a sound method of biblical interpretation to engage in healthy dialogue with those whose viewpoints differ. Now, I'll get your thoughts on that for a second, but in layman's terms, that's a lot of words in there. I understand that. <laughs> yeah, I kind of need layman's terms here. But has youth pastors, has youth leaders, do you think that sometimes we are ill-equipped to share, to, to help our students grow deeper to how to have a conversation with people who don't believe in Christianity? Hmm. I, I, I would agree with that. I think, um, I think we've got a we've got we've got to a point in our culture, and and I grew up in a very um, traditional church, kind of like uh, not my home church, but my church that I, that I came out of, and then when I went to my home church, but it was very much um, kind of the lack of better word, kind of the hellfire and brimstone kind of stuff, and so basically you were taught, you know, of the the Bible says it. You got to believe it. Um, the Word of God is true. Believe it. In which all those things are accurate, but they never really told you how to. Okay, you read a passage. How do you take that and have a right. conversation with somebody? So I never really learned that. So basically, if someone would say, um, you know, God is dead, I can say, well, the Bible says He's not, and that was about as far as I could take that. Um, and so yeah, I. I Growing up in that and seeing that, I would I would agree that I think that's um, huge in our culture. Is we don't know how to take what we've learned and 
I think as youth pastors, sometimes we're guilty of not helping our students do this, and I'm guilty of that as well. We don't take them, we don't take what we've taught them out of God's Word and say, well, this is how you have a conversation with somebody. It's not a conversation necessarily to win an argument, as you said before. We, I don't, I don't believe that's why we have conversations about God's Word is to win some kind of argument. The goal is to ultimately help them know who Jesus is and come into a relationship with Him. So we need to, I believe, teach our students what's in this, but also how we take it and make that applicable to someone who we're having a conversation with that might not believe. Hmm. So. so that's interesting then, because if we look at the word tolerate mm-hmm. or tolerate, yep. I, I mean, honestly, I had to go and look this up for myself. I have, I'm not a very studious person, so I had to look it up so I can understand how, how we're going to talk about it. The official meaning, thanks to Webster's Dictionary. Gotta love Webster. Gotta love Webster. Means to recognize and respect Mm. others' beliefs and practices without sharing them and to bear or put up with someone or something not especially liked. Mm. So therefore, one must believe that someone is wrong in order to show tolerance toward that person. Now, this isn't an episode where we're, we're going to jump on the, the tolerance versus intolerance bandwagon. Mm-mm. Don't want to do that. Yep. I just briefly want to discuss how we can view this from a typical Christian viewpoint. Mm. Because there's a lot of things that we don't tolerate nowadays. Mm. Yeah. And in my opinion, again, this is my opinion, non non Christian non Christian opinion for a moment. When it comes to tolerating things, that's because we don't have a backbone anymore. Mm. We so easily get our feelings hurt that it's just uh, that's what it seems like to me. I'm not saying it is, but anyway, we're, we're not going to go down that road. We're we're talking about from a Christian's perspective. So culture doesn't agree with God's word. Yes, that's that's fairly that's fairly obvious. <laughs> um, yeah. So then, how do we navigate when trying to tell our students or teach our students that God's word is truth? But then we have a, a culture that's saying that God's word is intolerant. Mm. That what you're believing and what you're saying and what you're preaching and teaching doesn't agree with my viewpoint. How, how do we maneuver our students through that to keep them grounded, so to speak, in God's word, especially when they graduate and they go to universities? Well, that's a that's a that's a ten million dollar question, and it's loaded too. But I think I think it really I think it really starts with doing more than just as we talked a little bit earlier about teaching just to be relevant. I I think you it's good to be relevant, know what's going on in culture because that's how we engage our students and where they are. But I think it. I think it's more than just teaching to be relevant. I think we need to. I think we're really good at evangelism, and we're really good at missions, but the church has really fallen short with discipleship because we're good about telling who Jesus is and about Jesus, and we get them in the door, they get saved, they get baptized, and they can do some mission stuff, but we never really come alongside them and invest in them and help them become more and more like Jesus, the process of sanctification. And I think that's kind of what we've got away from. Um, and and I think when our students do go off and they're not discipled in a in a in a manner that, you know, is what God's word told has told us to do, then more than likely that professor is going to say, Well, God's dead and they're going to be like, Well the Bible says he's not and the professor is going to come back with all this stuff and they're going to have no earthly idea. Um 
how to defend that. And I think it comes back to discipling them, walking with them, um, helping them through life experiences, and then hopefully when they go to college, all that stuff has been poured into them, they'll be able to pour out into someone else. But I could be wrong on that. Well, and possibly not even just professors. Mm-hmm. But yeah. but now living in a culture where you could be another, quote-unquote, I got air quotes, religion other than Christianity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. And you're like, you, you, there's more than one way to get to heaven. Mm. Yeah, all roads lead to yeah. same destiny. Yeah. So, from a Christian's perspective, I'm never going to be able to tolerate, so to speak, someone's belief that there's another way to heaven. Mm. I, I I can I can walk walk alongside them, I can still love on them, but I can never conform to their belief. Yeah. If I truly believe that God's word says that unless you call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ you will be saved. Yep. How that that's tough to navigate that. Mm-hmm. Because there again, as you said, that's where the culture is going to label you as someone who's intolerant. Um, just because you disagree with what is being said, it doesn't necessarily mean your culture makes you out to be this horrible person. But that's right. that's not it. There again, going back to that definition of what you said tolerance was, I mean, basically, if you want to sum it up, the ability and willingness to tolerate something. So in reality, when... You say, well, this is what I believe, and someone else says, well, this is what I believe, but then they begin to call you names. Is that really? And that's polar opposite. I mean, ultimately, you know, they, we're, we're one that's called intolerant when reality is they're being intolerant themselves. Right. I mean, so it's just like, uh, yeah, it's just one of those minefields that you, you, very, you tread on because you, <laughs> any minute you could step on something and, you know, the whole thing blows up, but... Now, I do believe that we are living in a time where, again, I will not use the word persecuted, mm. living in, in, in the Western world. Yeah. Um, we don't truly know what that looks like. Right. Yeah. And, and I pray I never do. Yeah. I pray I never no, do. I, yeah. But we're not being persecuted so much for our faith, but we are being attacked. Yes. Especially. That's the difference. Yes, you know we we're we're being attacked. That if we don't believe, or if we don't conform to what our government and our elected officials or our friends down the street go along with, then we're the ones that are being intolerant. Mm-hmm. But yet, what about my viewpoint to you? I, you know, yeah, it, it, I don't, I don't know. It's, yeah, it's it, like I said, it's just a huge minefield, and it's just so hard. To, to navigate that, because I, um, I, I, re- I read some books and some things back in college, and I remember one of the books I read, I don't remember the title exactly, but the comment he made in there really made sense. He said, basically, um, tolerance stops at the word Christian. Mm. Um, and it took me a while to get what he, was, what he was saying, but, that, I mean, that's really true. Every other religion people can tolerate, but as soon as... Someone says you're a Christian, boom, tolerance ends. And I wonder why that is. And then I started thinking, I'm like, what's well, because, what does the word tell us? With truth comes pushback. With truth comes people not wanting to hear that because, well, <laughs> they, know what, they know what they're doing is wrong. It's a sin. Um, and they don't want to hear those kind of things because they just want to hear what makes them feel good, what makes them right. look good. So, yeah, I, I just think... Tolerance usually and normally stops when someone says, "Well, I'm I'm a Christian and this is what I believe." Mm, that that is excellent right there. Yeah. So to look up scripture again, I'm not one of these persons that I want to go find a verse in the Bible just to support yeah. my my cause. Yeah, I I agree with that. I don't, I don't. So, yeah. Unless I'm wrong on this, okay? If, if you are listening and you know there's 
hundred verses in the Bible that talk about how we are to be tolerant, to love our neighbors, so to speak. Send them to us. Put, put them in the comments. Let us know. But some of the ones that kind of really stood out to me in thinking about this, uh, the first one is just 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 5. Hmm. Paul says, I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing in his kingdom. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, hmm. but wanting nothing. Oh, I skipped the page, sorry. But wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires, hmm. and will turn away their ears from the truth, and will turn, turn aside to myths. But you, be sober in all things, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist fulfilling your ministry. I mean, to me, Paul hits, it, hits the nail on the head right there, where he says, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. Mm-hmm. We easily see that. Oh, yeah. When we turn from God's word or we twist God's word just to, as you said a while ago, to fit our own agenda, mm-hmm. we're, we're, we're already turning from sound doctrine. Yep. Then I love how, you know, but then wanting to have their ears tickled, mm. they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desire. We see that. I don't agree with Christianity. I don't I don't agree with God's word. So I'm going to go find this group over here. I'm going to go start this group over here because it doesn't fit what I believe. Hmm. I mean that 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 is a perfect example of the world we're living in right now. And then I'll turn and we'll turn away their ears from the truth and we'll turn aside to myths. I mean that that's that's excellent to me. The thought of I personally would not ever want to have a a, a teaching series on tolerance. Mm-hmm. I think if we're preaching teaching the Bible, there's issues that are always going to come up. Yep, that's going to guide us on how to live that day-to-day life. Mm -hmm. Jesus tells us, love your neighbors. Well, in order for me to truly love my neighbor means that I'm not going to agree with everything my neighbor does, but I'm going out of the best interest in my heart because Christ commands me to, I'm Mm -hmm. going to love my neighbor Mm. to the best of my ability. And that's hard. Yeah. (laughs) That's hard. That is hard. That yeah, I think um, you can't really say, say it any better than what Paul said. You just gotta love his words there. Tickle the ear. I mean, <laughs> literally that. I mean, Paul just doesn't. I mean, he, that's just that's great stuff. I think to the ver- another verse that I think of too, and I think when it comes to tolerance, there again, you know, I, it's more of a from what I've gathered. There again, we could be wrong, and if we are. That's fine. I'll I'll admit that. But I. I think tolerance is more of a cultural issue as as more as it's more of a cultural issue than it is really a like biblical issue so to say so real quick okay just now hit me making rob's wheels turn here no do you think this is one of the areas out of many but do you think this is one of the areas where culture has affected the church more than church has affected the culture? Mm. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I think you, I, I you think na- so. yeah, you nailed that. Because um, I, I think we have, sometimes we get into, as a church, we get into all these political and all these different arguments that really just do not, at the end of the day, do not matter. Um, cause I, cause at Romans 14, one, and I, I, Paul says it well here too. He says, 
As for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him, but do not quarrel over opinions. Because it goes on to say, one person believes he may eat anything, while the weak person eats only vegetables. Let not the one who eats despise the one who abstains, and not let the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats. And so I think we just get into these arguments about just senseless stuff that doesn't really matter, and it doesn't have a kingdom outcome. Um, and that's why I said I think tolerance is more of a cultural issue than it is a biblical issue, because I think a lot of times when we try to get into the whole tolerance thing in the church, it detracts from the gospel and our main focus, our main goal. While we're, we're trying to be relevant, and those things are great, we need to do those. We need to try to reach the masses as the Word of God told us to do, but at the same time, we don't need to become so relevant that we literally kind of push the gospel out of the picture, because once we do that, we're no longer the church. We're just a country club, and we mm-hmm. might as well bring our golf clubs and our lounge chairs and just hang out, because um, that's not what the church is about. And you may agree or disagree there, but I just I think that's something that needed to be said there, because Paul said it clearly there in Romans. Um, I just think that was I mean, Romans 14 there. Well, so, and then in Colossians 3. Yeah. Therefore, if you've been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Mm. Set your minds on the things above, not on the things that are on the earth. On one level, I, s- I struggle with that sometimes. Mm. Yeah. It, it's hard to 24-7 constantly keep my mind focused yeah. on things above. Oh, yeah. I agree with that. But then, where I find where my weaknesses and my failures come in is when I stop focusing on things above and I begin focusing on the things around me Mm. and the things going on in the world. Yeah. Mm. And I think there's a lot of times, shamefully, that I let Satan get to victory there. Yeah. Because he's like, oh, yeah, we know Rob's opinionated. I'm going to put this, I'm going to just throw this little thing on him on social media and see where he goes with it. Mm. And before I know it, um, it's a down, downward spiral. And mm. Yeah. So, yeah, I think there's things that we can do to be, there again, there's those air quotes, as you say, be tolerant and be aware of what's going on in our culture. But then there's some areas that we just can't, you know, agree on, like multiple ways to heaven, as you said. That's not what God's Word says. Right. Um, we talked about sexual identity. God's very clear on those two, di- those very distinct part aspects of humanity, fe- male and female. We just can't, you know, t- agree on those lines. I mean, that's just, there's, there's gray areas, but then there's areas that are concrete we cannot shift from. But then, there again, we don't need to go, <laughs> go and like land blast them and, but we need to figure out a way to still reach them, uh, but without tolerating what they're what they're doing. And to that point, who would have thought when we had that episode that two three weeks later mm. we were going to be faced with a decision in our country? Yeah, that is directly going to affect the church. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. So now is the church going to be tolerant mm-hmm. or are we going to come across as being intolerant because we're that's a hill I'm willing to down yeah because that's it no, that I, is I agree that is completely defying God's word yep and yeah. I don't know what that will look like for our churches yeah I, I, I pray that it will not get passed yeah uh that that's but I mean man that's just so rapid like yeah, just three weeks ago we yeah. talked about that, and then boom, all of a sudden now we're faced with this. It's right at our, right at the, the Senate's doorstep now. So, so. another topic that kind of leads out of tolerance, but is still a part of it, mm-hmm. which is a big issue. Oh man, in our world today. Yep. The idea of racism. Mm. Again, we could chase so many rabbit holes on this topic alone and and I want to keep it 
biblically f- yeah. focused. Yep. I, I think once we take our eyes off that, we, we, we at that point, we probably what, tend to put, put our own commentary into it, so to yeah. speak. Yeah, and then that doesn't help. The, that just adds fuel to the already blazing fire um, that's raging in our world, in our country, and in our world today. So I think you gotta, yeah, you gotta have this. You gotta approach this with a with a biblical mindset because there's no other way to to do that. So in order to do that, how how would you how would you approach it first? Like I I have some scriptures in mind. I didn't I didn't know if you did if you had a few that you wanted to share real quick because I think this is a topic. To me, this has always been a hot topic. Mm-hmm. Because at some point, I'd be willing to think, if I'm wrong on this, then, then I'll digress, but I'd be willing to think that, that we have all carried some type of a judgment mm. or a negative thought about someone else. Yeah. At some point in our, in our life, mm-hmm. we've all been there. Oh, yeah. Sadly, I know that I have. Yeah. But that was before... I truly began to understand who I was in the person of Jesus Christ. Hmm. Once the Holy Spirit opened my heart, opened my eyes, I, I began to see a lot differently, hmm. if that makes sense. I'm pretty sure we have some of the same scripture passages, but I'm just going to give you a moment to... Share some glory there in the microphone. <laughs> Share some glory in the <laughs> microphone. Um, if well, if you haven't figured out, we're talking about racial issues, and obviously, like we said, that's very prevalent in our culture today. I mean, you if you just look back over the past summer um, and just everything that went down, um, we in our country with the racial dividing lines and just all the hatred, everything that we we saw and. Um, I think the main thing that I think Rob said it, we got to look at this through the biblical approach because here's the thing. Um, we have to understand um, sin, which that's what racism is. Yes. It's, it's an issue of the heart. Um, sin can only be curbed when the heart goes under the knife of redemption. Hmm. Um, Say that again. Sin can only be curbed when the heart goes under the knife of redemption. So if we want to deal with racism it can't be done it can't be fixed by legislation politicians the POTUS um, you know we, we've we saw all this stuff about deconstructing the police all these things none of those things are really really going to fix racism now reform I think is necessary we always need to be looking towards ways to help those in in, in the minority communities through reform I think those things are great but at the end of the day Issues of the heart lead to the issues of the skin. When our heart's in the wrong, our own in the wrong place, then we're going to look at someone in ways that are, as God has not called us to look at them. We ultimately um, need Jesus, because um, I mean, I there's there's all kinds of you know scriptures out there. One that comes to mind specifically is James two nine. It says, but if you show partiality, you're committing sin and are convicted by the law as a transgressor. Um, so that, that I say that because that goes back to the whole issue of the heart. When you look at someone else and you show partiality, you say, oh, well, they don't look like me. They don't act like me. So I'm not going to like them. I'm going to look at them as, as someone, an outcast, someone different. Well, according to this, you're, you're a transgressor. You have committed a sin against against God Himself, and that's why um, I think we need to, as you said, we need to start with talking about biblical, uh, the biblical definition of what you know race and what that looks like and how we handle that as believers. So that's my little spiel there. So. No, I mean that's good. <laughs> yeah, you know one one of the things that looking back. You know, the, the, the episode where we talked about sexual identity. Hmm. Honestly, I think I would feel more awkward talking to my students personally 
about racism mm-hmm. than I would about sex or sexual identity. Yeah, no, I, I could I agree with that. Just uh, how do I take God's word to say, look, this is what racism is. And, and, and you're exactly right. Racism, it, it, it's sin. Mm-hmm. It's because we think we're better than somebody else. Mm-hmm. And, and at the end of the day, we're not. Yeah. We're, we're all sinners in need, in need of a Savior. Hmm. But I think one of the things, one of the scriptures that came to mind was Galatians 3. You know, where Paul talks about how we were under the law. Mm-hmm. Uh, specifically, 22, starting in verse 22, he says, But the scripture has shut up everyone under sin, so that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. But before faith came, we were kept in custody under the law, being shut up to the faith which was later to be revealed. Therefore, the law has become our tutor to lead us to Christ so that we we may be justified by faith. Mm. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under a tutor. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free man. There is neither male nor female. But you are all one in Christ Jesus. I mean, from a church's perspective, from a Christian's perspective, we should look at everybody the way that Jesus sees everybody. Hmm. We, wow. we should see people through the eyes of Jesus, so to speak. Is, yeah, because if we, are, if we have professed faith in Christ, we've been baptized, risen again, our old self is gone. We are all brothers and sisters in Christ. Mm. And we, for, we, we forget that. Mm. Trying to teach that to our students, much less trying to teach that to people in our church sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so the, the issue of racism, I mean, it does. It, it bothers me sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I don't know how to... And again, I, I, me personally, okay, Rob's commentary for a second, I can say that I can combat racism better biblically than I can tolerance. Mm-hmm, yeah. Genesis 1, 26 and 27, God says, you're made in my image. Mm-hmm. That, that's paraphrasing a little bit. That's not directly quoted from the Bible. That's Rob's <laughs> paraphrase. But you are made... In the image of God, male and female, I created mm-hmm. you. So if we looked at everyone through the eyes of Jesus, then we're not going to recognize their their skin color. We're not going to recognize their their failures, their whatever it is. Mm. I, I don't know. Does, that, does all that make sense? Yeah, I think you. I mean, I think you nailed that. You know, on the head. I. Um. You know, another another verse that comes to mind, too, is um, Acts chapter 10, um, 34 and 35. And this is what it says. It says, Truly I understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. And I think that just goes back to the whole issue that, you know, God made everyone. He created them in his image. So no matter what you're background is no matter what your skin color is no matter what your ethnicity is god doesn't show partiality all i mean revelations is very clear before the throne of god one day every tribe every tongue every nation will be at his feet we're all going to be there worshiping the lord together yes so god shows no partiality so therefore when we see our 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 brother and sister in christ who is african-american um, Hispanic, we should not show partiality based upon that. We should we should love them as Jesus loves them, um, and we need to make sure that we um, are constantly in prayer. Because as you said, I mean, there's there's been times in my life that I've um, looked at someone who doesn't look like me, and I've I've made a false assumption. 
and I've had to fall on my knees and repent because as I've learned more and I've studied the scriptures, God has just wrecked me over that because he's saying those are my children that you've literally just made an assumption about. That's good. Um, And we we need to be constantly telling God to search our hearts, to carve out that evil of racism towards any ethnicity. It doesn't have to be African-American. It doesn't have to be Hispanic, Latino, anybody. And that we show racism towards. We need to ask God to carve that out of our hearts um, so we can see people as he sees them. When you brought up Revelation, Holy Ghost. Did I steal your thunder? No, okay. no. <laughs> because every time I read that in Revelation, yeah. and, and, and he says it, I wish, I, that's why I was trying to find it, but I believe it talks about that two or three different times mm. where, where Jesus is given Paul a vision. He says, every tribe, every tongue, every mm-hmm. nation, every people. Wow. Again, this podcast is focused more on those who are in Christ. If you're a growing believer in Jesus Christ, you're a a disciple of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. But to the church, I want to say this. If there is any form of racism in you, Mm -hmm. how do you call yourself a Christian? Mm-hmm. Because you are in for a rude awakening. Yep. If you are a Christian and you truly believe that when you get to heaven, you're only going to be worshiping. And I know th- this is going to be brash, okay? I'm sorry. If you believe you're only going to be celebrating or worshiping your white Jesus, then then you're already Ooh. you're already wrong. Mm. Yep. Because. Yeah. Number one, Jesus wasn't white, but that, that's a whole other issue for another day. Okay, we get that. But you are going to be celebrating, worshiping, glorifying God mm. for all eternity with your brothers and sisters. Yep. Why do you think you're so much more superior to them? Mm. I, I, I don't know. I mean, that that I'm not trying to stir up dissension among among our caffeinated living Listeners, but in my heart, I, I, I pray you agree with that slightly to some extent. Mm-hmm. You know, the I didn't get his permission to do this, but I want to talk about one of our pastors here at, a church, at our church. So, Pastor Terry, he has faced multiple forms of racism because he is married to a black lady. Now, I say black lady because she doesn't like the term African-American. There's, there's her personal beliefs in that. I'm not going to, you know, mm. s- say that here. But she has been made fun of because she's married to a white man. Mm. And they are the most loving, beautiful two people I think I've ever met in my life. Mm. Because they don't see each other as black, white, whatever. Mm -hmm. And I love that. Mm. Now, I also love it when we're out somewhere and somebody will look at Pastor Terry and they they may call him a racist. This has happened before. Mm -hmm. And he'll say, let me tell you how racist I am. I'm like, oh, no, here we go. He said, I'm so racist, I married me a a black woman. And they're like, what? Like, Mm. immediately it just changes their whole demeanor. Mm. You know? Wow, yeah. I mean, so, if racism in the church can't stop, how do we ever expect it to change the world? Yeah. It's not going to. No, I mean, like, like we said, it's a hard issue. It's not a legislative issue. It's all in the heart. What's yeah. in there? I mean, you know, the, the scriptures are clear. The heart's like the wellspring of life. What's in there? Bubbles to the top. Um, if there's hatred in there for someone of a different color, well, that's what's going to come out. Um, you know, I scripture is very clear. Um, 
Isaiah 64, 8. And I bring this up because have you ever have you ever went to like a place and watched them make pottery? I mean, literally the the potter's sitting there with the clay and he throws it on that wheel and he starts to mold it. And you're like, how in the world is a lump of clay going to turn in? And you just watch him. Yeah. He sits there and he molds it into a mug, into a, a, a vase, into a plate. And it reminded me of Isaiah 64, 8, because it says, But now, O Lord, you are our father, we are the clay, and you are our potter. We are all the work of your hands. And so that lump of clay that turned into a, a beautiful vessel, um, you know, that's kind of how it is with our hearts. We need to kind of give our hearts to the potter and say, We're broken. We've messed up. There's racism in our heart. Mold us. Break us back down, rebuild us, reconstruct us, um, and and I think that's you know it, it that's that's where it needs to start. It, it, God needs to start working, and we need to ask God to do that in our lives. Because if not, like you said, what's going on in the world? The church is never going to be able to handle any of that. See racism come to an end until the church says, "Okay, enough's enough. Let's deal with the heart." Yeah, I mean, trust me of. All the things that we deal with in our world, this is probably one that I, I really do, I hate that it exists. Mm-hmm. But sadly, it's always existed. Mm-hmm. Since the beginning of time, yeah. We, we Racism is always, once sin entered into the world, we it's always been there. And again, there's going to come a day when we have a new heaven, a new earth, yeah. there's not going to be any more, there's no more pain, no more sorrow, no more suffering. Hmm. But until that day comes, we, we have to find how we have to live in this world, but not be a part of this world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it, it, you know, I think it was, someone said it very well. I can't remember who said it, but basically Jesus can change your heart. And when the heart changes, so does your perception of skin color. Hmm. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, we're blind to ethnicity. We're blind to right. someone's color of their skin. That That's just, and it drives me insane when I hear believers say, well, I don't see color. I just see, I'm, and I get what they're saying, but right. that doesn't help the issue at all because you're basically denying reality. Right. Um, and I understand what they're saying. They're just saying they, they see them as Jesus sees them, but we can't you know, deny seeing them for who they, who God has made them um, to be. And, and so what, what I'm saying is we need to understand that, um, that uh, to take value from basically, let me say this, it is, it allows us to see their color, but doesn't take value from them based upon the color. We simply see them as Jesus sees them, a value son, a daughter of the most high King who happens to be of a different race, of a different mm-hmm ethnicity um you know the gospel of jesus christ and a relationship with him is the only rightful means to find true racial equality um so that i I just wanted to preface that by saying by saying that because i don't want you to think i don't see color (laughs) Um, because that just that's one of my biggest pet peeves is when i hear other christians say well i don't see color i just see and i get what they're saying they they look at the value of the heart and the character versus the skin color but You, you just can't deny when you look at someone of a, of a different ethnicity and say, oh, I don't see their color. That's just, that's just not a reality. But, I mean, I could, I could be wrong there. But well, just... on one level, I don't even know if this would make sense. You're, not, you're also not seeing them as God created them. Yeah, it's true. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that that's the beauty of God. When you look around this world, we are all made in the image of God. Hmm. And if you are racist towards any person or any race, yeah. if you are in Christ and you are racist to that, hmm. my, my heart breaks. Oh yeah. Because we are all made in the image of God. Yeah. I, so Yeah. I, and those people that harbor racism in their heart i mean man when you when you get to heaven it's going to be as i've heard somebody say it's going to be a living hell because <laughs> i mean literally i mean every tribe every tongue every yeah. nation is going to be before the throne of god 
and you're going to be surrounded by your brothers and sisters from all over the globe. So, yeah, I just think, yeah, we need to really take a serious look at our hearts and see where we are. So, to wrap all this up, mm-hmm. looking at these two topics with tolerance, yep. racism, I could understand how this is a more avoided topics mm-hmm. with your youth ministries. Yeah. Because if you try to maneuver your way around these topics outside of Scripture, yeah. that, that, that gets dangerous to me. Yeah. And if we're not encouraging our students to run to God's Word instead of running to ways to fix the problem, Hmm. we're we're just throwing, we're we're just taking a water gun on a fire. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, You know, that's, so if you're listening to this and and you are are in a current series, maybe with racism or, or tolerance, one of these things, let us know how how's that working out. What what are some of your high and low moments in that? How how's it looked upon with your students? What what's their takeaway from it? I, I do believe that we need to discuss these things with our students mm-hmm. because, especially for our students that are are at school with obviously people of different races, we we need to be teaching our students how to see people through Jesus' eyes and that we are all created in God's image and not because of what we want to see, just so to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, we really, when we teach these subjects, I think we need to we need to get back to understanding that if we're going to see racism crushed and ended, that evil that it is, then we need to be about leading people to the cross of Christ via the gospel, Um, rather than, as you said, chasing rabbit trails and trying to be relevant with racism. We just need to take it back to the issue at hand. And that's a hard issue. We need to get back to the gospel, leading people to the throne, throne of grace so they can see the evil that's in their heart, and God can cut that out with a knife and bring about transformation. Good stuff today. Yeah. That, that, uh, heavy stuff, but I heavy think it stuff, was needed to be but, said. But, but good. So. Oh, yeah. Thank you for your insights on that. Yeah. Well, Kyle, thank you for your insights. Oh, wait a minute. Kyle, you're not here. We miss you, Kyle. <laughs> we miss you. All right. Well, we're going to take a little quick break. We're going to come back because we don't have Kyle. So Dustin and I had to get creative and what our little bracket right. challenge was going to look like. So what what we could do with that is do a bracket challenge and then we could ask Kyle's opinion. And be, oh, Kyle, you think that? And then we're just kind of, we'll be his voice today. We could okay. do that. I like that idea. Yeah. Kind of throw him under the bus a little bit. There we go. All right. We'll be right back. bracket challenge where we have you know topic we, we all we all vote whichever gets the most votes moves on to the next round Kyle's not with us today that would be extremely hard because we don't have the tiebreaker if Dustin and I were to agree on agree or disagree on something so we're, we're going to go back to the old draft style old school draft style and this time we are doing what are we doing <laughs> not just kidding <laughs> we're doing sit down Restaurants. Sit down restaurants. So to qualify that, they can't have a drive through. Okay. Right? No drive through. And what else would you say? I mean, I, that's about that's how that's, I classify yeah, sit like down. It doesn't no, have a drive through. No drive through slash fast food. It's, yeah. you know, it's go in, sit down, look at a menu, order, wait on your food kind of thing. Right. So, yeah. so I, I, I have my five. I'm not, I'm not sure if. Any of my five will be on Dustin's top list. We'll find out. If it is, I don't know because I have nothing else. To, I have nothing else <laughs> after that. I'll just be making something up. Yeah, we're all in trouble. So, since since you are new to the team, Dustin, I'm going I'm to let you go first, which is really scary. 
scary because I know there's a few places out there, but I think I'm good. So here we go. Oh man, you gonna make you gonna make me pick my first one? Yep, you're you're you get first pick. Okay, so me and no, sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say we we can also say this that it's any sit down restaurant. It's not just something that's just around the yes. area that we currently live in. Yes, that's another good point. Okay, so my first my first choice is me and my me and my wife like to go to the mountains. People are like, well, you live in the mountains, why don't you go to the beach? Well, I married a redhead who's very fair-skinned, um, so going to the beach for her is like torture because she could get burnt, so she'd just rather go to the mountains. So that's what we do. So one of our f- all-time favorite places we eat at in the mountains is the Old Mill. Oh, I hate you. Um, I know. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. Um, the Old Mill. That is our all-time favorite place. You just... You go at lunchtime because breakfast is good too, but if you go at dinner, it's a little pricey. But at lunchtime, I mean, the, the menu options are, yes. I mean, it's endless. You can order yes. anything from like seafood to a cheeseburger to like this plate of like gourmet home cooked food. The corn fritters are the oh, best. Man. Yes. Oh, corn my fritters. Word. They, and the butter they give you to go with those things. Oh, my man. goodness. Mm. So, yeah, the old meal is my. That's what I'm going to start with. I'm I sorry. First. <laughs> I told you. I offered you the opportunity. Why would you let me go first? But you did. So now <laughs> Rob's in trouble. Like, no, that was the first yep. thing because when we go to Pigeon Forge, yep. that is the, that's like a go-to place. And it's always packed. It I is. Think we, we've waited up to an hour and a half before just to get in. Because so. it's so good. It is good. Yeah. It's so good. So I'm sorry, Rob. <laughs> you got to go something else. Sorry. No, the problem is I gotta come up with something else. Oh no, you got five choices there. I know, but I've already lost one. Oh well, no, you got so, the four. All right, Dustin's going with the old mill. So this is not a plug for the old mill, but yes, if you ever ate there and you did not like it, I would almost refund you your money. Like, yeah, I don't know what you're. You you must yeah. got something. That, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. My goodness, I love that place. Good choice, excellent choice, actually. All right, my first choice. I'm going to go with our favorite breakfast place whenever we go to disney hmm. the one place that we have to go to which sadly when we go to disney this year we're actually not going there we're trying to venture out and try something different so Uh-oh. it's a little sad but it's okay this is our favorite place to eat uh, it's in epcot and it's the garden grill hmm. and so you you walk in you're sitting in chippendale's tree and it, it spins you around as you're eating like not like Fast. You don't like when you play <laughs> slang off the table, <laughs> yeah. but it's just really cool because the spin you around, you get to see like the treehouse and everything outside, and then all the characters like Mickey and Pluto and Chip and Dale come around and they'll they'll hang out with you, sign autographs. But man, the food is so good. It's so good. Hmm. The sticky bun is like the Whew. the one thing you go for. So that, that's what I'm going with, okay. the Garden Grill. So Dustin's the old mill, and then I got the Garden Grill. Sorry. So your second pick. So my second pick would have to be, um, okay, so let me just say this, because so I, I, uh, I love my wife dearly. So that's why I'm picking this, because I don't want her upset at me, because this is her one of her favorite places. And we do go here quite often, and everybody knows it uh, would be Longhorn. Okay. Stephanie likes it. Um, she likes their baked potato, their mashed potatoes, their broccoli, and she likes their steak and those kind of things. Um, I personally, Texas Roadhouse is a little bit better, um, but I do like Longhorn. And so that'll be the next, um, my next choice there. And everybody knows that because it's, it's, yeah, yeah, it's, it's like a national, yeah, national thing. So, okay, my next choice is not, so much of a national chain anymore okay it's there, there used to be one close to us in charlotte uh but it, it went out of business hmm. so the only one that i can think of is when i have the opportunity to go to nashville tennessee hmm. you have been there with me before the spaghetti warehouse mm-hmm. i love that place you growing up we used to go there every year for my birthday well not every year for my birthday but like you know 15 16 17 things like that uh, but you get to go in, you get you have to sit in the caboose. Mm. Sitting in a caboose, that, that's what makes the experience. It's like a little Italian place. Love that place. So that, that would be my, my, my second. So 
and you need to keep up with these so we can share these after we're done here so okay pick number three pick number three okay so like i said mountains is where we go so when we go on vacation not only do we eat at the old mill but there's another place that it's fairly new it just opened up um it's probably maybe it's been there two years maybe a little less but it's like uh it literally takes you back in time to like the era of the diner so it's called the sunliner diner and they have um cheeseburgers they do breakfast i mean they have milkshakes that are like ginormous um but they have a um they have like a western style hamburger there that's got like avocado and pico oh my goodness you lost me an avocado well i like avocado but it is really it's got like this like lime ranch dressing it's really good so that'll be my second choice or third choice excuse me the sunliner diner so if you're ever in pigeon board just there again not a shout out but just check it out okay. it's right there right across from uh the christmas end as you come in um they got the wax museum on the hill they just build it right there yeah okay so all right good pick good pick so my third pick i'm picking this place not so much for the food but for the desserts cheesecake factory mm. i love cheesecake and they go above and beyond to any flavor that you desire. They pretty much have it. So that that will be my pick. Will be the Cheesecake Factory. Mm. Okay. So number four. Number four. Okay. Well, I'm gonna kick it back local because I don't I don't think this is a chain. I mean, they have they have two restaurants, but I don't think it goes any any further than. Morganton and the Marion area. So if you're ever in North Carolina and you're listening from another state, you should take an opportunity to get off at exit 105 and check out La Salsa's. Um, it is a, it, I mean, it is an authentic like Mexican restaurant. Oh my goodness, the food is good. I always get the cheesesteak burrito with a side of beans. Um, they have, oh, have a salsa bar, homemade pico. I mean, everything you can imagine. Um, so that's going to be my pick there. Something local. There you go. Okay. <clears throat> Anything Mexican is good. So yeah, that's, well, that's true. That's yeah. That's I can't lose on that one. Okay, my fourth pick, semi-local. It's in the mountains, but not Tennessee mountains. We're, we're going to the Appalachian Mountains. We're going to go up to Boone, North Carolina. Daniel Boone Inn. Oh man, that's a good one. It is, especially their breakfast. Mm-hmm. If you've ever had their breakfast, it is so good. So let me ask this question though: Do you pref- have you ever ate at Shatley Springs? Yes. So which one do you like better? I've heard mixed reviews. I'm just curious your opinion there. This is this has nothing to do with our draft. But yeah, it has nothing to do with the draft. But <laughs> I'm just curious. Personally, I would probably take Daniel Boone in. Okay, I I would I would agree with that. In in that defense, it's been a while since I've been to Shatley well, Springs. Yeah. I, but Daniel Boone in it's if if we go there, yeah, it's Saturday morning off of. Let's get up, get dressed, yeah. and let's go get breakfast. Mm. I mean, that's, yeah, I've heard that's what they're like. They're yeah, they're known for there is their breakfast. So. And, and I love I love their their dinner time too. But that's, <clears> yeah. yeah. So yep, Daniel Boone in number four, right, fifth, fifth and final pick. Oh boy. Mm. Oh gosh, this is tough. Mm. Okay. So I know a lot of people. When it comes to Italian cuisine, I guess would say they would go to Carabas. I like Carabas; it's okay. I I think it's a little, little pricey. Kind of makes my wallet cry just a little bit. Um, I personally prefer. I know everybody's gonna think I'm sacrilegious. Anyways, I like Olive Garden. That's where me and Stephanie went yeah. for our first date. That's where Jen and I went for our first date. Oh, day. really? Look at that. Oh, look at that. So that kind of has a little, I guess, some sentimental value for me. But yeah. I, I just like Olive Garden. The price is good. The food's... I like the food better than Carabas. Yeah, and they bring you out that um, the salad. I could just eat the whole salad bowl by myself and the bread. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Olive Garden. Yeah. Carabas food is <clears throat> not that good. Yeah. In, in my opinion. Sorry if you're listening and you like Carabas. <laughs> it, uh, I Remember, can't. this is all opinion-based. <laughs> it is. I'm not being very tolerant. <laughs> all right. Fifth and final pick. Oh, my goodness. I was going to go with Olive Garden, but then I was like, well, I already got the spaghetti warehouse on there. Yeah. 
But Olive Garden, we love Olive Garden. That's yeah. that's just a. I'm probably going to lose the draft off of this choice, but that's okay. So I'm going to keep it super local. Okay. Almost every Sunday is where we go to eat lunch. That's almost every Tuesday for, I don't know, two years. Well, minus, minus the pandemic. Minus the pandemic, but easily. Every Tuesday, Pastor Terry and I end up there, and sometimes Pastor Scott will join us. But it's a little Mexican restaurant here in Hickory. Dos Amigos. Mm, it's pretty good. It, it, it's really good. I, I love it. The They bring out the chips. You got the salsa. And I can never get the same thing. It's I, I can't ever decide. I just, I, well, one, I just love food. but So I'm going to go Dos Amigos. So to, re, to re, review my top five. Okay. Garden Grill, Spaghetti Warehouse, Cheesecake Factory, Daniel Boone Inn, and Dos Amigos. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And right. Oh, my top five? Yes. All right. So <clears throat> I had the Old Mill. I had Longhorn. I had um, Sunliner Diner. Then I had um, uh, La Salsa's. And then I had Olive Garden. It's a good choice. Good choice. That was my top five. Is your Old Mill enough to win it? That's that's what it is. Just gotta, but it, it if just you've depends never been there, on. I guess people won't, you won't really know. Won't, yeah, so that's yeah. what it all depends on. Um, that that's the one I'm banking on that most people know about because they travel. Right. I'm banking on that one to bring me the victory, but it might not. You, know you might mean. take it. You might take the lead with your uh, dos amigos there. <laughs> was it you last time that when we did this or something you chose like Panda Express or something like that yes. or it was like. Sketchy. It, it was the episode where we were all drafting yep. our restaurants to eat on the on the road. Oh yeah, that's right. Because remember, I had like A and W. You had the, like you had the weirdest you ever stuff at A and W. Yeah, I had like this random hodgepodge of yeah. random places. So yep. no, those are good. Those are that, that, those are good choices. So let us know what you think. Who who had the best draft here? So that that would be better question would be or not the better question but no thought Kyle which one would you choose you gonna go uh. with team Dustin or you gonna go with team Rob or mm. would you have completely different I think I could guess three of Kyle's top five I think I could guess three of his but I'm not gonna do that because then I'd look like a goofy and be like oh that's not even what he likes but I think I could guess three of his top five easily but Kyle, let us know. You have to get back to us. Choose me, Kyle. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Choose who you think is best. Well, thanks, guys, for listening. Uh, again, pray that this was a beneficial episode for you and not not the drafting part, but the, the talk before that. So it was it was fun for Dustin and I. Different. We did miss Kyle, but, but that was different. So, Dustin, thank you for that. Yeah, thanks for letting me come back and do it again. Yeah, man. So we'll see you guys next week. So until next time, keep it caffeinated. <laughs>